Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Gone Racing, VEASAN's premier NASCAR betting podcast. Here are your hosts, former NASCAR driver Brendan Gone and Las Vegas Motor Speedway's Jeff Motley. Well, I'm sitting here in the beautiful VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel Casino, but my partner in crime, Brendan Gone, is in uh, parts unknown. Brendan, where are you? Uh, we're b- back in the Space Coast, man. The boys are at NASA Space Camp this week. So uh, because they're at space, we're sitting in the beach in Florida, man, I... I got the little beach picture behind me. Come on. I always do my best to try to give you, you know, something better than the background you, you give us in the media center. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you're looking very summery there. Was that a peach colored shirt you're wearing there? Or what, what do you got? Peach or pink or. No man, I'm afraid to wear pink. Well, and I'm glad he's at NASA and not at some Elon Musk area trying to learn how to do space uh, flight. Cause Elon's been struggling with his space flight. So. <laughs> Listen, the kids are there. They can learn what they want from SpaceX, NASA, Blue Origin, whatever. But it's really cool to be here, excited to be here, and got here in time to watch an amazing race that happened last Sunday, which all three of us, you, me, and, and Wyatt, we all said there is no chance in hell this race is happening on Sunday. They are going to be there Monday, and once again, that is why you and I don't make those decisions. Well, they did an amazing job just getting the race in, and I think when you look at all the uh, the notes that have come out after the race, highest-rated race ever in NBC sports history. Uh, the um, engagement on social media, the highest for any event other than a Daytona 500 that NASCAR has ever been able to track. I think it's just incredible. The entire weekend they had, it was unfortunate. They had to cancel some of the concerts, didn't get to finish the Xfinity race, didn't get to run the cup race till it's full hundred laps. Uh, but when it was all said and done, uh, probably one of the, one of the biggest upsets uh, in NASCAR history, I think on paper, Shane Van Giesbergen getting the win, coming over from New Zealand and driving that third car, that Project 91 car for Trackhouse Racing, uh, just just amazing for him. Hey, who who picked him last week? Uh, well, somebody picked him for a top three, but okay. You're going to pull a, a muscle in your shoulder, patting your back there. Look, so. look, we're going to reset the playoff standings if he keeps gloating. Last week, I was like, hey, you know what? You deserved it. Now, nah, now nah, it's getting a little, a little too excessive here. You're hurting our feelings now. Hey, listen, you, you guys, Jeff, you talk. Hold on. I mean, I say I knew exactly who he was before we ever started the show. I mean, I did all the homework and research. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but, Jeff. As soon as you mentioned V8 supercar to me, what did I say? You said, oh, now maybe you knew he was going to be in a track house car. And then you said, oh, V8 supercar champion from down under. This guy's got a chance. I mean, we saw how good Marcus Ambrose was when he came over here. This guy's broken a bunch of Marcus Ambrose's records over there in, in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, just an amazing, amazing driver. And I was very fortunate the week before to moderate his press conference when he got named to be the driver of that car. Uh, the first thing I had to do was go up to him and say, okay, before we start the press conference, tell me how to pronounce your name so I don't screw this thing up here. 
But uh, you could just tell he had a great confidence coming into the race. And uh, and then you looked at him out there, and he was incredible in practice and qualifying. And, you know, Kyle Larson, I think, made the, the great comment after the race was over. He goes, he came over here and made fools of the rest of us because nobody was getting off those corners and getting through those turns any better than, than he was. I mean, he was amazing behind the wheel. Well, and, and honestly, Jeff, if you look at we do this show on Thursdays, right? We always talk about wait till you watch things. Wait till you see practice. Wait till you see qualifying. This would have been one that after practice and after you would have been going, oh, hey, look at this guy. You and I have to take these shots early in the week before we get the advantage of all that. This guy from the time they unloaded showed why the Australian V8 supercar guys are so good at what they do. You and I talked off air. You know, he's driving on the different side of the car than he's used to. He's shifting with a different hand than he's used to. His footwork is backwards of what he's used to. Absolutely amazing job by this young man. Super proud of him. Super excited. And, of course, typical of NASCAR fans, everybody now, oh, he should come to America and get a job. You know, just like when Trevor Bain won the Daytona 500, they said he should switch right away to those points. Like, settle down, everybody. He did a phenomenal job, though. Super proud of him. Justin Marks, Pitbull, what they have done with Trackhouse Racing, absolutely phenomenal. And this program, you got to give all the credit to them, man. No, you're right. Just taking a look at the numbers, I mean, he was an amazing 55-1 to to win that race. Uh, 11 to one when we did the show last week for a top three, Chevy was a minus 120. The key to that is, like I said, he was 11 to one when we did the show last Thursday, but after qualifying and practice was done on Saturday, his numbers for a top three dropped all the way to think about a plus 220 or plus 225. Wyatt, it was somewhere around there, wasn't it? What'd you get him at for a top three? I think around plus 225. Yeah. So there's an example of just once people saw him on the track and what he was capable of doing, kind of realized what he was what he was able to sixth driver uh, not born in the United States to win a cup series race the first one actually just since last year Daniel Suarez interesting the last two uh, foreign born drivers Shane Van Giesbergen and Daniel Suarez both driving for Trackhouse Racing and uh, the first guy in 60 years since Johnny Rutherford to win his first ever uh, cup series race in his cup series debut uh, just just some remarkable numbers for him well, what I think is really, really kind of cool in this, Jeff, is one, the, you, you said, you know, only the sixth non-American to win this race. And of course, we, Beeson and Gone Racing would be remiss if we didn't mention the Earl Moss, Earl Ross Nugget. He was the Jeff second Motley, He was Earl, the second one. He was the second one from Canada, right? Earl Ross. He is, he's on that list. But to me, the six, only the sixth guy ever to win his debut. And let, let, hold on. First one in 60 years. But remember, the first one is the guy that won the first ever NASCAR race. That really doesn't count. Right. We don't I mean, count. Come that, on. That, 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 Johnny that, Man that was, was Johnny Mance. Johnny Mance and Darlington. Yeah, we don't count Johnny Mance. Yeah, so so to me, I look at this and say, what he accomplished the first time in honestly a modern era of our sport, absolutely phenomenal job. And that's why I give it one to his ability in a race car. You watched how he drove that car down the stretch. You saw the things he was doing to, to the other guys. He went from 14th to lead without pit strategy, without all the stuff. You know, this is a different NASCAR show. We're not going to get into why the strategy shortening the race, all the things we felt kind of kind of hurt some guys that should have been better. But I'm looking at this as, man, look what he was able to do, how he outdrove them, and give credit to Justin Marks, Darian Grubb, and that track house race team. This is a part-time team. We talk about how part-time teams have a disadvantage. Absolutely not in this case. Phenomenal job, all in all, by by that Trackhouse group 
give them kudos they deserve. Yeah, and let's not forget. Let's you take a look at the rest of the top ten. Let's not forget the guy that came in second, drove his heart out, Justin Haley. Uh, proved, proved himself on a road course, did an amazing job, came in at a 28-1 to 1 for a top three. And then Chase Elliott, he was kind of a little bit of the beneficiary. The race getting shortened, uh, came in with third with a plus 140. Uh, you look down the rest of the top ten, Kyle Larson. Kyle Busch rallied from being up under a tire barrier early in the race. It was a pretty remarkable crash where he literally had the tire barrier sitting on half of his car. They were able to pull him out, get him going. Austin Sendrick, we talked about him as a good street racer, uh, placing six. Michael McDowell, I don't think that's a big surprise coming in seventh there. Joey Logano, uh, Ty Gibbs, a good run. And Chris Buescher, we got to turn left and right. Uh, Chris Buescher just keeps knocking off those top tens. I, I look, we talked about Buescher on, on the show, and we talked about if you can find him for a top ten somewhere, Buescher just does it again, man. He's he's really done well on these road courses as of late. So great job by Chris getting that top ten. And you, you talked about it briefly. Strategy changed mid-race when NASCAR changed their mind and went from 100 to 75 laps, had to do it. But definitely some guys that aren't on this top 10, Chris Bell, you know, in particular, guys that should have been more up front, but were not because of that whole strategy line change in the middle of the race. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened, both both uh, Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick. I mean, they were the guys running up front, and, and they pitted, kind of thinking, okay, we've made our last pit stop. All these guys in front of us have to pit. And it's a 75-lap race. Uh, guess what? Those guys in front of us don't have to pit now. So kind of threw things off a little bit for those guys. But then Bell and Reddick both ended up having their problems throughout the race. Well, Brendan, I know we've kind of gone back and forth. Are we going to count? Does this win count? I know you still think we could get to 17 winners. And, yes, this is the 12th different winner. But it does not count toward the playoffs because Van Giesbergen's not running all the, the races. So we're still sitting at 11. But I'll tell you what did happen. The great run by Ty Gibbs finishing ninth moved Ty Gibbs up into the 16th spot ahead of Daniel Suarez by six points right now. And don't look now, but Michael McDowell is only 10 points out of the playoffs as well. So it's getting interesting. First of all, it, I still count if we get to 17 winners. I'm still going to say it counts, even though you're, you're squashing my hopes and dreams there. But that cutoff line, we've been talking about it for weeks. Justin Haley, what a crusher for him. He is nowhere near the cutoff line. Had he won that race, that would have put him right up into this whole talk. Uh, absolutely amazing run for him. Austin Dillon took a huge blow trying to go for the win. Doesn't get here, and it hurt him towards that cutoff line. He lost more space. But, man, I really do, do look at this cutoff line, Jeff, and it is going to be an absolute battle royale when it comes down to the last race of the season. Yeah, and another big loser this week, a guy that was 16th last week, uh, Alex Bowman finished dead last. Um, he is now 26 points out of the last playoff spot. He's uh, he's desperate right now. Yeah, Alex, he, you know, he's, he's got, look, there's a lot of races coming up for Alex and some of these guys. Chase Elliott still included that we think they can win on. But it definitely is, uh, right now you only got two Hendrick cars in. We still think the Hendrick group is the best group in the field, but they only got two of their four and, you know, fleet in the, in the in the championship so i mean it's going to be close yeah and you kind of talk about the upcoming races this weekend we're going to be making our first trip our first it's our first track that we're making our second trip of the year to we're going to be heading off down to atlanta for the quaker state 400 uh then we're going to head up to Loudon, new hampshire for the crayon not to be confused with crayola 301 
Then we've got Pocono coming up, followed by Richmond, and then our only stop of the year in Brooklyn, Michigan, to get August started. And uh, you look at those five races on the board, and once those are over, Brendan, there's only going to be three left, and that's two road courses in Daytona before we get to the playoffs. So unless you're going to roll the dice with playoffs or with, uh, with road courses or Daytona, you better get something done at some of these tracks. Yeah, you know, I mean, Chase Elliott, we've talked. He better get back off the schneid here pretty quick. Otherwise, he is going to have a problem. And, and but it, once again, the schedule, look at how much fun our schedule is. That's going to go from such NASCAR's going to be part of the schedule. And I love it. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think you look at it right now, it's going to definitely be a pretty uh, pretty interesting see what happens over the rest of the summer. Okay, we'll be back on Gone Racing, and we'll start talking about the odds. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Gone Racing, VEASAN's premier NASCAR betting podcast. Here are your hosts, former NASCAR driver Brendan Gone and Las Vegas Motor Speedway's Jeff Motley. Well, we're back here on Gone Racing, and we are moving on from the Windy City to Hotlanta. Heading back to Atlanta, second time this year. Brendan's remote this week, so he's checking in on uh, Skype or Zoom or one of those various uh, platforms. Brendan, this is now going to be the fourth race that we've had Atlanta since the entire track was completely revamped. It's still the 1.5 miles, but with the banking it has been added now, it really kind of races like Daytona and Talladega. So I think maybe the novelty of, of this type of racing uh, at Atlanta has worn off, but uh, it still makes for a pretty exciting race down there and kind of makes it a, a wide-open shootout for anybody. The novelty may have worn off, but let me tell you this. I'm still glad I'm not racing at Atlanta. Uh, man, that place is it's, it's mean-looking, Jeff. It, uh, the, way, the way you race that thing now, that super style and the tight corners of Atlanta, I am glad I'm on my couch watching well, you know, and we've got a lot of stats on who's done what at Atlanta. I mean, you know, Kevin Harvick's got 33 starts. Kyle Busch's got 27. Kevin's won there four times. But I don't know if we really just kind of throw those stats out the window and we really look at the, the three races that have been held there since the track's been revamped. Last year, Chase Elliott won 
this particular race. Uh, Joey Logano got his only win this season so far earlier in the year. And one thing that's going to be a little bit different about this, they're going to run it at night, uh, kind of trying to compensate for the summer heat down there in Georgia. So uh, that's really the only difference that we're going to see from what we've seen over the last three races down there is running it at night. We also know it was frigid cold when they ran there earlier this year at the end of March. Uh, it's probably going to be a very, very warm humid uh, Georgia day down there. So you think that's going to have any effect going tonight and just the difference in the heat from the cold? I mean, it was really brutally cold, like in the low 20s down there when they raced uh, earlier this year. Yeah, it will definitely make a difference. One, uh, the main thing for me is the fans. The fans now get a much better uh, much better time, right? I mean, this, our sport's about the fans. Nobody wants to sit in the grandstands. Well, that's definitely certainly part of the problem there when we have the uh, – have have the we have a situation like that and i think being able to get a better time of year and a, a better time of day if you will is certainly going to help all right it's time to get into the odds this week to to win uh kyle bush is coming in as the favorite here at 10 to 1 uh chase elliott is 11 to 1 followed by ryan blaney and joey logano at 12 to 1 william byron denny hamlin brad keselowski and kyle larson all at 14 to 1 pit crew's excited seeing brad keselowski in the first column on the first page uh, ross chastain and christopher bell are at 16 to 1 martin tricks jr and christopher chris busher coming in at 20 to 1 bubba wallace and austin Cendrick at 22 tyler reddick at 25 and ty gibbs at 28 yeah i'm not sure the kyle bush thing i mean you know he we talk about how Kyle normally does not like super speedway racing. So kind of a new favorite, but he has done much better since he's gone over to RCR. So I kind of dig that. Um, Brad Keselowski, 14 to one. I really like that. We know what Brad does at the super speedways. I do like that. And Chris Boucher, 20 to one. I like both of them. Well, and I think one of the things that kind of stands out to me here is everybody on the board is at double digits. Uh, and looking at, I mean, Kyle Larson, and get him at 14 to one and William Byron at 14 to one. I mean, Byron, I think Byron won, uh, won here last year in the, in the first race. So uh, Byron's got to win. Elliot's got to win. And Logano's got to win. Uh, Elliot 11 to one, I think is a little bit high, but I think just seeing William Byron down there, Kyle Larson at 14 to one Chastain has been really, really good on this format. Okay. Sounds like we're going to be working on Brendan's audio here for a little bit. So I'm going to move on over here to our, our second page, some of our longer shots. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Kevin Harvick are both coming in at 28 to 1. Eric Jones and Eric Almarola, along with Alex Bowman, all at 30 to 1. Daniel Suarez and Corey LaJoy at 35 to 1. Michael McDowell, Austin Dillon, and A.J. Allmendinger are 40 to 1. Justin Haley and Chase Briscoe are at 45 to 1. Ryan Priest and Austin Hill driving the Beard Motorsports car. Uh, one of their few races this year. Brendan's old ride coming in at 55. And Todd Gilliland and Noah Gregson are coming in at 60 to 1. So we've got some long shot guys there. And I think one guy we really, really have to take a look at. I mean, I know he's never won in the Cup Series before, but he has had some incredible runs here since we redid Atlanta. It's Corey LaJoy. Uh, if you're looking for an upset pick, Corey LaJoy coming in there at 35 to 1. Um, I think that's a guy you got to look at. Brendan, what do you think about Corey and some of these other guys on the long shot board? Well, look, I, I like Corey a lot. I think he's there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I mean, remember, he's, you know, won the Daytona 500 this year. This is Super Speedway. He likes those. Um, and Austin Dillon is, Dillon is one of those guys that's won on the Super Speedways. Justin Haley proved himself on a, on a Speedway. So a lot of guys that are really good here on Super Speedways. 
I can't say I dislike a lot of guys in the second board, but for top threes, probably more so than the wins. Well, how about your car? You know, I mean, you're, you're still kind of involved with the Beard Motorsports car. How, how's Austin Hill going to do? I mean, 55 to one, is that, is that about right on him? I mean, could he get in there? Because, look, Austin has proven himself as a very accomplished racer, just hasn't really been had the opportunity to do it in the Cup Series very much. No, and, that, and I think Austin Hill is absolutely fantastic. And once again, I know what car that is. So, I mean, we got a hell of a car going to Atlanta. This got added to the race. This is his home track, so he's going to be pumped up. Those guys also have – I mean, this is – you always love to say the crapshoot word, right? I mean, it used to just be reserved for Daytona and Talladega. Well, the crapshoot is here, and, and Austin Hill has a great Chevrolet race car with a great ECR power behind it. He could be something to, to reckon with here also. Well, Brandon, you mentioned the fact that the top threes might be the place to make some money. So let's start taking a look at our top threes for this week. Uh, Kyle Busch, no big surprise, comes in at the top of the board. It's going to follow suit, but the numbers just obviously get much smaller. Uh, Kyle Busch is plus 285. Chase Elliott, a plus 300. Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano at 330. Byron Hamlin, Keselowski, and Larson all at 400. Chastain and Bell at 450. Truex, Busher at 550, Bubba Wallace and Cindric at 600, Reddick at 700, and Gibbs at 800. And man, there's a whole bunch of guys you, you could make some money on. The problem is only three guys can finish in the top three, and I could make a case for pretty much everybody on this list for a top three. Yeah, you know, let's talk about Bubba Wallace, what he does on super speedways, right? I mean, Bubba's got normally runs really well on these type of places. He's plus 600 right there, so that's decent. And even if you go to Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney again. 300, 330 on a top three, that's a great return. And remember, this is a race. We might do a bunch of that manufacturer teammate style racing. So you can either, you know, fade or bet with your manufacturer or your team guys, and you can find some some ways around the odds in that case also. Well, and I and I guess I look at guys too, like Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski. I mean, those are guys that look every time we race on a track that I know we like to use the term restrictor plate races or whatever, but every time we race on a track like this, you feel like Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, those guys are always going to be in the mix. So I think those are certainly some guys to look at. Now, if we move over to our page two and we see some of, uh, I guess what you would say, our longer shots, if you will, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., another guy who runs really, really well on these type tracks, along with Kevin Harvick at plus 800, er Eric Jones, Almarola, and Bowman all at 850, Suarez and Corey LaJoy at 10 to 1, Michael McDowell, Austin Dillon, AJ Allmendinger 11 to 1, Justin Haley, Chase Briscoe at 12, Ryan Priest, Austin Hill at 15, Todd Gilliland and Noah Gregson at 17. It's worth it to drop a couple bucks on these top 3s. Look at the returns. Ricky Stenhouse 800, uh, uh Corey LaJoy 10 to 1, McDowell 11 to 1, Dillon 11 to 1. These are guys that are getting a great return for a top 3. And you get some of these manufacturers lined up, and they're going to need that push from some of these guys. There's great returns on them. So I do like a lot of the top three guys here. Well, and I'm completely with you there. I mean, I just look at, I, I mean, I, I look at those 11 to ones right there. Now, forget Almendinger for a minute. Michael McDowell and Austin Dillon. Hmm, let's see. I believe they've got some wins on these type racetracks. Not at Atlanta. Michael McDowell is a former Daytona 500 winner. We know Austin Dillon. He's got a win at Daytona. Uh, and, and honestly, I think Atlanta, probably because it's narrow, uh, even though it's a mile shorter, I think probably right now, it's probably most like Daytona than any track on the circuit. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, because this still has handling characteristics. Your race car has to work well here. The tight corners, the, the much smaller area, means you're going to have to basically have handle in that race car like the old Daytona used to. So it's going to come down to cars that also handle well 
in this super speedway format. And you're naming guys from big teams, right? I mean, even Daniel Suarez right there with, with Trackhouse and Dylan with RCR and Dinger and Haley with, with that colleague team with the, with the help from RCR. These are organizations that are going to really get the handle right on these cars as well. Well, and I think one of the things that's interesting, and we could even go back and talk about the odds to win or the odds to top three. I'm not even sure at Daytona and Talladega earlier this year that we have seen the odds be so big on so many good drivers. I mean, talking about the fact that we've got double digits to win the race all the way to the favorite at Kyle Busch. And when you look at these guys uh, that are getting these top threes that are at plus 800s and 10 to ones, 11 to ones, I think that just kind of is all about the unpredictability of what this race is going to play out. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you got Kyle Busch on a super speedway style race as your favorite, that definitely shows that the, the odds makers are scratching their heads going, well, he's run really well lately, so maybe we just need to put him up there. Uh, it, it definitely has them worried. I like a lot of these numbers. You're getting double digits all through the field. So, Motley, we're guaranteed a double-digit winner at this point. Yeah, we are. And I think if there's ever going to be one of those kind of weeks where you say, hey, you know what? I could go bet three guys to win or four guys to win. I mean, your odds are going to be pretty good if you're able to do that. Okay, we come back on Gone Racing. We don't even drive our head-to-heads this week. We'll get straight into our group matchups talking about this week at Atlanta. premier NASCAR betting podcast. Here are your hosts, former NASCAR driver Brendan Gaughan and Las Vegas Motor Speedway's Jeff Motley. Want to rewatch any part of today's show or any past show? Check out the Gone Racing podcast. It's free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. We give you all the latest news, odds, and everything you need to know to head to the betting counter for each NASCAR Cup Series race. And while you're there, catch up on all the other VEASAN shows as well. That's VEASAN.com slash podcasts. Well, back here in the uh, VEASAN studios here at the South Point, uh, and then also remotely from the Space Coast, they call it, down in Florida, Brendan Gaughan, who is uh, remote. Um, I don't even know if we can uh, see his video, or we may just have his mugshot on the screen right now. But, Brendan, uh, we're getting into our group matchups here for Atlanta this week. We talked about the fact this is our first track that we're running our second event of the year on, and Group A, and then we're going to find this with all of our groups. Uh, it's really a matter of who's in the group, not really the numbers, because the numbers are going to be pretty much the same. Uh, group A, we got Chase Elliott and Joey Logano was the favorites at plus 265. Denny Hamlin, plus 275. Ryan Blaney, 280. Well, what I like here is I see two Fords at 265 and 280 against a Chevy and a Toyota. I like all of them, but Logano and Blaney teamed up in this group. Um, you know, I... I, I I'm going to stick with a Ford in this group and Logano coming off his last win. I, I I'm going to give the nod to Logano because there's not enough juice to go down to Blaney, but uh, I just, I'm just t- tagging on it as two Fords versus a Chevy and a Toyota. So I like it. Yeah. And I can see that too. I mean, I, I think, you know, Logano probably gets excited for these kind of races. Uh, I'm with you though. You can look at all four of these guys and, and make a case for them to win. And look at some point, Chase Elliott's got to be like, Hey, we got to win one of these deals here. We're not going to make the playoffs. I think that's pretty obvious. And, uh, you know, this is his home track. I know Joey Logano claims it a little bit because even though he was born up in the Northeast, uh, Joey moved down to Atlanta when he was about, I don't know, 10, 11 years old to race 
uh, Legends cars and, and kind of also considers a sort of a home track. So I'm sure this is a big deal for both Chase and Joey. So um, this is this might be my group where it's kind of me to just say, eh, I don't know if I want to touch this one or not. I think we're going to say that about a lot of groups, unfortunately, today. <laughs> yeah, but guess what? We got to pick some of them, or well, we don't have to pick any of them, I guess. We can pick top threes and winners and and uh, everything else. All right, let's take a look at Group B, where Kyle Busch is a plus 265, William Byron plus 270, uh, Brad Keselowski and Christopher Bell at plus 275. And, Brendan, the first thing that jumps off at me is the guy who was the favorite to win the race and the favorite to have a top three drops all the way to Group B, even though he's the favorite here in Kyle Busch. Yeah, you know, sometimes we kind of joke about the Westgate and, and you know, how they do their stuff. Are, are some of our odds come from DraftKings, some from Westgate, back and forth. This is one of those where it's a little bit of an anomaly. But I'm going to take the same theory I did in Group A. Kyle Busch and William Byron are both uh, Chevrolets versus a Ford and Brez Keselowski and a Toyota and Christopher Bell. I'm going to stick with the Chevrolets, and I give the nod to Kyle Busch just off of, you know, what he's been able to do this year, um, especially at Daytona. You know, I, I just I think that that that's a that that's the only way I can give a differentiation, so to speak, is that Kyle Busch finished tenth earlier this year, and it seems like he's running better on these type of places with his new uh, his new duds over at RCR. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I think we've seen uh, Kyle Busch's attitude maybe toward these type of tracks uh, improve a little bit this year since he went over to RCR. I mean, you know, but William Byron, I mean, he got a win at this. Uh, he, he won the first race on this. This uh, new layout at Atlanta a year and a half ago. Brad Keselowski, he finished second there earlier this year. Uh, Christopher Bell's probably the one I would uh, I would count out right there. Um, but man, that's a pretty tough one for me. But I kind of uh, agree with you there. Probably lean a little Kyle Busch. All right, let's take a look over at our Group C. One of our favorites is up there at the top, but it's a three-way top there. Chris Buescher, Martin Tricks Jr., Tyler Reddick are all plus two seventy. How uh, Ty Gibbs comes in there at plus 275. Hey, we're finally going to a track that is not one of Martin Truex Jr.'s home tracks. So, uh, You sure about this? Yeah. Sure, isn't it? yeah, I'm giving this one to Chase Elliott. This is Chase Elliott, and, and, and like I said, Logano gets a little bit of credit there. But, yeah, we're, we're not going to give this one to Truex. Well, so here's my problem in this group. You've got Chris Boucher sitting duck with the three Toyotas, right? Truex, Reddick, and Gibbs. All teammates all lined up right there. They're all three Toyotas ready to go. But here's the deal. What if the Toyotas get into the wreck, right? What if those three are teamed up and, and one of them makes the mistake and takes them all out? Now you're sitting pretty with one guy. So I kind of like the, the Chris Boucher only because if there's the Joe Gibbs racing, a.k.a. Toyota wreck, it can be Chris Boucher because I can't differentiate between Tyler Reddick, Ty Gibbs, and Martin Truex Jr. To me, all the same. They all run well here. Reddick was fifth in the last race here. Gibbs was ninth in the last race here with Denny Hamlin right there and Christopher Bell. All the Toyotas pushed really well together. So I just would give a Chris Boucher going on the theory of if the Toyotas get in the wreck, they're all going to be taken out in the same one. That would take those out, which leaves Chris Boucher. Well, and a few, and one of the things I like about Chris Boucher in this group is his teammate, Brad Keselowski. We expect Keselowski to run well. If those two can team up together, that's certainly going to work in Boucher's favor. Uh, we know Brad is certainly embraces this type of racing. So I think that's a big help. I look at Truex and all right, throw Chicago out where literally he hit everything, but the pace car, uh, it was not a, a good experience for him in Chicago, but beyond Chicago, there hasn't been a hotter driver on the circuit over the last month of the season than Martin Truex jr. And I believe that that momentum is still there. I, I think he, he can probably take Chicago and present, pr 
and pretend he never even went to Chicago. So that's the thing with Truex right now. That team has momentum. That team is on a roll, and they are kind of just loving life right now. So I, I think uh, Truex and Bush are definitely the two guys to look at. I, I don't really think Reddick or Gibbs are going to be the guys here. Can I jump in real quick? If, if you're thinking about a guy that wrecks all the time at plate races, Martin Truex Jr. is like, odds oh, got to be like minus 10,000. He just has no luck in it. And I know because I keep betting him thinking that he's going to win a – one of these plate races. He just has him and Kyle Larson probably have the two cruddy lucks in these type of races. Uh, there's probably some truth to that. You know the definition of insanity, right? So if you keep betting him and you keep losing. That's what I did with Brad last year. <laughs> All right, let's take yeah, a look at our, our uh, what'd you say, Brendan? I'm making the money on Brad this year. He's jumped off it. I'm on it, and I'm winning every week when I bet Brad. Yeah, well, I have a feeling there's going to be some kind of a Keselowski bet this week out of our our pit crew. I'll be very surprised if there's not. All right, let's take a look at our group D here. Bubba Wallace, Alex Bowman, Kevin Harvick, all at plus 270. Eric Jones coming in at plus 275. So here you got the the Eric Jones Chevrolet, the Kevin Harvick Ford, the Alex Bowman Chevrolet, and the Bubba Wallace Toyota. But the two Chevrolets here, one of them is leaving to go. So I don't see that him being allowed to work in the reindeer game, so to speak, um, which leaves you Harvick and Bubba and Bowman. And you want to talk about a group that I, I mean, I'm going to try to go and through and give you some stats somewhere here, Jeff, right? I mean, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm trying to find any stat to give you. And it's like, uh, I can't differentiate. I mean, Bubba Wallace, third best point getter in super speedway races, last 10 races. So if I want to give you one, Bubba Wallace is the one that I would say, yeah, he's run the best. Um, but man, I just there's not a whole lot of uh, Kevin Harvick emotion. One is his last race in Atlanta, and you know the the amazing first race in Atlanta. You know, I mean, totally different racetracks though. But I mean, filling in for for you know the, the recently passed Dale Earnhardt Sr. That amazing emotion and win, and that was the old Atlanta. This is his last Atlanta. Will there be a bunch of emotion there? And Kevin Harvick bring the ghosts of you know Christmas past out. I don't know. Yeah, I think to me, I really, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about third best average finish last 10 races, Bubba Wallace. I, I think Bubba's a guy who's going into Atlanta saying, bring it on, bring it on. You know, Bowman, uh, in, a, in a rough week last week, but Bowman hasn't really been that good even since he came back from the injury. Harvick, you know, we've kind of written off Harvick so many times, and then like even last year, he goes and wins at Michigan when we thought he was kind of left for dead. Uh, but I really, really like Bubba Wallace in this group only because I think he is probably going to embrace this race and embrace this type of racing uh, better than most of the others. All right, let's move along and take a look at our group E. Daniel Suarez, Austin Sendrick, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., all at plus 270. And Corey LaJoy, an interesting case here at plus 275. Yeah, you know, Corey LaJoy being the dog here, I mean, I wish it was a little more... You know, I wish we had a little more juice in there, right? I mean, 275 is really tight. Um, I do like that because LaJoy normally is the guy, right, that knows how to how to wait and get around these things and, and you know, do that whole what we feel is the, the super speedway style race. You know, he finished fourth in this race earlier this, this year. He finished fourth. You know, not last year, this year. So I don't dislike the Corey LaJoy pick, but you're putting him up against a Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who just won the Daytona 500, right? I mean, he's got a lot of momentum in this sort of sort of deal. You're putting him up against an Austin Sindrick, who here's a guy that won the Daytona 500 last year and needs to have this race to kind of get in. So there's a lot of guys here that I'm just, 
I like, but Corey LaJoy at 275 is the guy that knows how to wait it out. Well, and I think it's something we have to look at in all of our group matchups here is they're all really, really tightly packed together. Uh, Stenhouse and LaJoy are the two guys are probably embracing this type of racing more than anybody else, although certainly Cendric is going to be a factor here. Uh, for some reason, I guess I'm kind of leaning on the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. bandwagon in this group. But, uh, again, it's going to be another competitive one. Okay, we come back on ground racing. we got one group left. We'll give you our manufacturer props, and we'll give you our picks for Atlanta. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Gone Racing, VEASAN's premier NASCAR betting podcast. Here are your hosts, former NASCAR driver Brendan Gone and Las Vegas Motor Speedway's Jeff Motley. All right, it's our final segment of Gone Racing this week, talking about this weekend's race, the Quaker State 400 at Atlanta Motor Speedway, just south of Atlanta. I'm sitting here in our beautiful VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel Casino. Brendan is down on the east coast of Florida around Cape Canaveral, uh, going to space camp or taking the kids to space camp. So, uh, Brendan, we've we got one uh, one segment to go here, and we're in our final group, Group F. And actually, hey, guess what? We've got a guy who's actually a clear-cut favorite, according to the odds makers here. Eric Almarola at plus 250, A.J. Allmendinger and Michael McDowell at plus 275, and Justin Haley fresh off that second-place finish in Chicago at plus 290. Well, look, I mean, I, you can see why Eric Almarola would be the favorite, right? You think about him and how many times he came close to winning a super speedway race. But that's, that's what have you done for me lately. He hasn't done a lot lately. I look at this and I go, okay. I got the two colleague teammates of A.J. Allmendinger and Justin Haley, who those two guys right there, man, think about what they were able to do in the Xfinity Series, right? Colleg Racing absolutely dominated the, 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 the super speedway races in, in, that, in those you know, colleg cars. So I do like those two guys. But, you know, the sneaky guy right there is that Michael McDowell. McDowell runs really great on these places. He's patient like Corey. He knows how to be there at the end, and now he's point racing. So I think that Michael McDowell is going to wait, avoid some of them wrecks, and try to be there at the end. You know, I really agree with you there. I really like Michael McDowell here. And I, I think another thing that that is probably helping Michael McDowell 
racing on these super speedways over maybe the last few races where we've seen him do well is he's run so many of them that the other guys out there have confidence in him. You know, I'm not so sure that the veteran drivers have quite as much confidence in Justin Haley or even Almendinger on these type racetracks, whereas McDowell has proven himself. And there's no question in the world that McDowell, there would be any problem with a Joey Logano or a Ryan Blaney or even a, the guys in another manufacturer, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, any of those guys that would be willing to get behind Michael McDowell. He's always been a guy who's been able to lead on these type racetracks and he finds himself in the right spot. I just think McDowell's a guy who is going to run up front and maybe run up front a little bit better than these other guys. So I kind of like your, your thinking there on Michael McDowell. Okay. We're our last, uh, our last line we've got is our manufacturer props. Uh, Chevy comes in with a plus number finally for a change. Chevy's been in the negative number so many weeks. Chevy's a plus 115. Ford's a plus 140. But Toyota plus 350. That is a big number for some pretty good Toyota cars. Let me let me read you the top 10 from the from the last Atlanta race. Chris Revell third, Tyler Reddick fifth, Denny Hamlin sixth, Ty Gibbs ninth. The Toyotas work amazingly well together. They have extra ones now that they used to didn't have that they didn't have before, and they have great drivers in them. I really like the 350 Toyota. I really do only because it's a massive return in a three-man horse race. You're getting over a third return in a three-man race. Even though there's only six cars on the track, I like that Toyota number. That 350 just screams to me value. Yeah, I'm an, I am so in agreement with you on that one. And look, you, you look at the six guys that are in Toyotas. I know Ty Gibbs has never won a Cup Series race, but I really look at those six guys and I say all six of these guys – are capable of winning the race. In fact, I think Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., I mean, those three guys, I think all are completely embracing this type of racing, and they have, have done it for a number of years. Uh, you know, Wyatt mentioned the fact that, that Truex has had a lot of bad luck, but, you know, kind of those things kind of come around, and I'm not so sure that good luck, for other than last week in Chicago, hasn't been smiling on Truex a little bit there. So I'm kind of with you there. I really, really do like uh, – like Toyota coming in there plus 350. I think you got so many opportunities with good drivers. All right, let's move along. We'll take a quick glance at our at our uh, our, our odds to win the championship. Uh, not much movement uh, we've seen over the last few weeks, uh, partly because last week we didn't have uh, anybody pull an upset win that was actually running for the championship. Shane Van Giesbergen was not running for the title, so uh, it's the only race he's run this year. So not a lot of movement other than I think we're just continuing to see uh, Chase Elliott's odds go up and up and up. I mean, are, are you at the point, Brendan? I mean, Chase Elliott right now is down to 10 to 1 to win the championship. Um, first off, it's going to be hard for him to get in it without a win. And even if he does get in it, he doesn't have a whole lot of playoff points unless he runs off three or four wins here before we get into the regular season. Yeah, I like that. I like that because everybody's doubting him right now. He's a double digit. Last year, he was a plus 450, I think, by the end. Um, I think that he absolutely is, is an amazing contender. That's a team that can win four or five races in a row, right? I mean, those guys have done it before. So I think that's your best value on the board is that 10 to 1 there. And Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, both 12 to 1s. I think that right there just screams, pick me, pick me, and hedge my bet for later in the season. Yeah, and, you know, the guys that have gone the other way, uh, you know, William Byron, Martin Tricks Jr., Kyle Busch, uh, those were the guys to have gotten in on earlier in the season. And, you know, I'm almost, you know, go back and you look at it. I'm almost surprised that Truex was was only 11 to 1, that he wasn't more like 15 or 16 to 1, given that 
he didn't even make the playoffs last year. So it kind of surprised me a little bit that he opened at 11 to one, but he's down to plus 700. And, uh, you know, the four guys at the top of the board right now, Kyle Larson at plus 500 and Byron tricks and Bush all at plus 700. They're clearly the four hottest guys on the circuit right now. So I guess it's no big surprise that they're there at the top. Nope. That's uh, and look, Trex, once again, we can talk about it all day long. I had the worst bet of the season. I admit it. I will have to eat crow and admit it all season. Martin Truex has not been the disappointment of 2023. Well, and and uh, I think you're going to be forgiven on your eating crow because now we can talk about uh, our picks from last week and do where we, do we, we are have in the to? standings. Unfortunately, uh, we do. Um, of course, I got shut out last week. Uh, it was it was a brutal brutal week for me. Um, you know, I I was feeling so good about a Toyota win until uh, the whole issue with Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick and the and the shortening of the race. Uh, pit crew did get one right last week, uh, picking uh, Michael McDowell to win in Group C, and again they lost point one point. They are literally dying by pinpricks. Um, it get a zero point one. It's like seems like every week right now. Uh, Brendan only got one right, but hey, it was a it was an eleven to one winner with uh, Shane Van Giesbergen. So, uh, Brendan, uh, you're up fifty three points on me now, and I am thirteen points ahead of the the pit crew. So uh, I need a big win here somewhere. You know, you keep saying that the, the pit crew's dying by pinprick, but uh, I think that what's happening is they're slowly catching up to you by just sitting still. Yeah, we're about 13. We're only three laps down now. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the deal. There you have pinpricks. I severed a main artery. That's a big difference. <laughs> Come on. Okay. We got to get into our picks, though, for this week. So uh, we'll let Wyatt take off on the pit crew. Go ahead. All right. Big money this week for the pit crew. We're going to go with Chase Elliott to win 11 to 1. And the pick that I've been hyping about since probably last year, Brad Keselowski to win 14 to 1. Uh, really high on Corey LaJoy. Uh, he's been running really well here. Uh, Should have, could have won the race uh, last fall. We're going to go top three with him at 10 to 1. Bubba Wallace to win Group D plus 270. And Michael McDowell to win Group F plus 275. Well, since I already know Brendan's picks and I've got my picks done, there's a kiss of death that is coming today, folks. Somebody that all three of us are picking. I so swear if it's the Brad Keselowski to win, I'm going to be mad. Well, it won't be that one. Okay. But I am in agreement with the pit crew. I am going to go Chase Elliott to win. I think if he's going to break through, this is the week that he breaks through. So I'm going Chase Elliott to win. I have three group picks. Uh, I'm going to go Bubba Wallace with the pit crew there in Group D. I'm going into Group E with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And Group F, I am going Michael McDowell. And my last pick is going to be Toyota to win. What say you, Mr. Gone? So Mr. Gone is going to start off with that top Toyota pick also, that plus 350. I really like that. Then I'm going to go uh, Brad Kez at plus 400 for a top three. I'm going to dominate top threes here. Keselowski plus 400 on a top three. Redick at plus 700 for a top three. And Hamlin for plus 400 on a top three. Um, I just I, I like those top three numbers better than our group picks. And then uh, McDowell to win group F. I'm, I'm going to go with that Michael McDougal pick and pick him at plus 275 in group Brendan, do you have McDowell's phone number? I do. You should text him and apologize ahead of time that he will not be winning Group F since all three of us have picked McDowell in Group F. Have we ever won with all three of us? I think we might have gotten one right. But I know, was it Chastain that we lost on the head-to-head -head yes. last week? We all three had Chastain going head-to-head -head over Elliott. Um, man. We also picked Adam top three. and I, that, was, that was the case of poor qualifying, just stood no chance. Well, that's true. Well, Chase Elliott didn't have a good qualifying either. That's who he was head-to-head -head against. Chase Elliott crashed out in qualifying. Yeah, but Chase Elliott's got A-plus strategy this year, apparently. Well, definitely things kind of fell right in his lap or exactly the way he wanted them. So, 
Uh, anyway, so we got about a minute left in this segment. Uh, Brendan, you look forward to this racing in Atlanta. Do you think we got enough of those with Daytona and Talladega? I mean, it doesn't really matter because what we got now is what we got now. But these Atlanta races have been pretty exciting since they redid the track. They've been exciting. But remember, I'm, I'm older, going to show my age here. I really love that Atlanta track. I was part of that group years ago that we used to – we used to go up to old Don Hawk and, and beg and scream and kick and, and everything about, please don't repave, please don't repave. So I do love the old track, but this new track, definitely exciting. Fans get their money's worth when they go to the race now. Well, they do, um, and it's definitely, you're right, you're right. It's very exciting to see these races at Atlanta. And it's one of our home tracks. It's one of our Speedway Motorsports facilities. So looking forward to having a great weekend in Atlanta. All right, that's our show for today. Uh, Brendan was remote uh, down, there in, uh, down there in Florida, so... Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll break this, this race down and talk about the next one. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.